0: welcome to episode number 136 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, plenty to talk about evil in the world, violence in the Middle East, prices on everything going up, arguing on the social medias, and another insane idea That Facebook is going to make come to light in the very near future. But I want to start out just by mentioning some people have inquired because I wasn't on Grumpy Old Ben's this week on Monday with my buddy Ryan Bemrose. Though we had a great, great co-host step in and join Ryan on the show, and that would be Carl from Who Are These Podcasts. And it was very interesting conversation, so I hope you check that out. But I wasn't on, not because I was ill or sick. And it's been talked about a little bit that uh, it was that time, well, it was beyond that time for me because I turned 50 last year, 51 this year, but COVID happened. So I was avoiding the usual things. And for those of you who aren't aware, most doctors will recommend once you hit the age of 50, that it's time for the dreaded colonoscopy. And we may have talked about this here on random thoughts at one point that it's actually now that age level is going down a bit because there is a higher prevalence of colon cancer in younger folks now in the United States. So it's one of those things that is being recommended more, not to keep waiting and waiting and waiting. So uh, I was a little bit late, but well, I mean, not to bury the lead. Everything is absolutely fine. No polyps, nothing, no issues. And the reality of the situation is, is it's not really that bad of a procedure to have done. The worst part of the whole thing is the prep for it, and that is because you have to, uh, you know, clean the plumbing out, if you will, and the the day before can be a little bit of fun, but it even wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. At one o'clock, you know, you take a couple of little pills, that's fine. And those are all slow acting, nothing different than I've taken occasionally now and then the little uh, pills that they usually take hours to work. That's just the the opening volley at one at three o'clock was a bottle of magnesium citrate, something I've never experienced, although I will say that the magnesium citrate that was cherry flavor. Oddly tasted like Sour Patch Kids or some other kind of sour candy that I remember. Actually, you know, eating because I liked it when I was younger. Haven't had it in a while because I've been avoiding all that sugar and that kind of stuff. But it was a odd tasting beverage that, you know, you can have a lot of fun with your friends. Just tell them it's some new crazy soda. And then see what happens. Well, no, wait, that would be drugging somebody without the will. So no, don't do that. That would be bad. But that wasn't all that bad. And it wasn't until about four to five o'clock that the uh, that the works started happening. And that went on to about 11 or so, maybe midnight. And then the next day, everything was nice and easy. And I thought, you know, the worst part would be, well, you're going to be hungry because you can't have any food for the 24 hours plus because my procedure wasn't until 1030 in the morning. So it really was like no food for over 36 hours or so. But the last bit of the of the colon blow was uh, I think it was like 18. What would normally be daily doses of Miralax? all mixed into Gatorade, and then drank over a couple of hours. So uh, there was no time to be hungry, and there was enough liquid going into the system. So the, the day of is the easy part. You go in. In my case, the doctor that we've got was able to do it in his office, which is nice. Not dealing with hospitals at this time of COVID, but still COVID. So you had to go through the temperature check, and only I could go in. You know, whoever's with you to give you a ride can't go in, but that's okay. It was an hour and eight minutes from walking in the door to walking out. And basically, that was uh, they give you an IV, which was uh, some liquids to begin with, because you're dehydrated after all of the fun prep work. So you got a little bit of a liquid going into your system. Then once you get into the procedure room, the fast acting, Anesthesia is really fast acting. It was kind of concerning for me that uh, they wheel you into the little exam room, and the nurse you know tells you who she is. I'd already met the anesthesiologist, then knew who the doctor was. And as happens in operating rooms all over the world, I would guess, when these procedures are going on, a lot of doctors like to have a little bit of music going on, and as the anesthesiologist was saying, Hey, see you on the other side. I heard Neil Young <laughs> singing, uh, Hey, Hey, My, My, a little into the black. And I thought it was kind of an appropriate song to be going into a colonoscopy with a Neil Young singing into the black. I mean, Godspeed to the doctors that do that kind of work because it is important as much as people want to avoid. And I get it. It's not a fun experience. But the procedure itself, there is nothing to fear the day before there is. And I just had more concern than anything else, because when I had my gallbladder taken out, I vomited so badly from the anesthesia, which was way different because it's a much longer and much heavier thing they're giving you when you have a you know robot inside of you clipping things out much different than just doing the scope, but vomited so much that I was dehydrated and went into AFib and all that kind of stuff. So it was important to know that you stay hydrated and was always a concern having any procedure done. But the procedure itself, you don't remember a damn thing. Like I said, in and out hour and eight minutes, it was not a big deal at all. So if you're in that age group, Or if your doctor recommends you get that done, consider this a public service announcement that it's not that bad. It's the day before that you have to worry about. Just stay hydrated while your system is expelling anything that you've eaten in the last 50 or whatever years you've been on the planet. I've drank enough water a lot in my life, as most people have, that when you urinate, it's clear. I don't think I've ever crapped clear before. So it's an interesting experience. I highly recommend everybody try it at least once. But I digress. I appreciate the concern. People were asking where I was, but no, everything is good. No problems. And uh I guess it's nice to know that you have a clean bill of health in any area. I wasn't really concerned. As I've talked about, my mom has colon cancer and is going through chemo now, but she is in her 80s, same doctor. And he told me, he's like, you know, once you're talking about genetics and being worried about family history with things, he said, with cancer, he's like, once the person is over 70 or so, genetics play very little. With the reason behind it. He's like, I wouldn't worry about that at all. Now, if they get it, your parents have something like cancer earlier in their life, well, yes. Then by all means, worry, get checked out. But when it comes to the genetics, once you hit a certain age, age plays a much bigger reason behind the stuff happening than the genes. So I figured that was good to know as well. But there is a lot of stuff going on in the world. Bill O'Reilly. Just had a column about evil in the world. And it's kind of an interesting thing to consider because we've talked about the massive war on religion over the last decade or so. We now see violence erupting in the Middle East. This is something that didn't happen when Donald Trump was president. For all you people that voted for Joe Biden, here's the thing when you have a president that is hiding in the basement, And not taking care of business, the world is going to start doing what the world does. For better or for worse, the United States is a force on the planet that, if the United States doesn't like something, there's a lot of smaller countries who are never going to want to mess because they know what happens if you get the ire of a superpower, they come in and they can smack you down while Joe is hiding in the basement, giving money to people that support Hamas. And all of a sudden now a region that was pretty darn stable for the last four years under Donald Trump is now exploding again. And there's no question that there is evil in the world. You see what's going on. In our major cities here in the United States, where people are just getting assaulted in Times Square in New York, a four year old and a couple of other tourists were just shot by a guy just indiscriminately firing around. And the guy'd been arrested nine times, and it doesn't appear that he was ever put away for anything. And this is what happens when you let crime run rampant. And this is what happens in the case. Of countries that are gonna start going after each other because there's nobody to come in as the parent and say, "Hey, hey, hey, no, don't do that. And I think everybody knows, you know, when you're growing up, if you have siblings, you know, the fights are a little bit worse when mom and dad aren't around. When mom and dad are there to say, hey, cut it out, otherwise there's going to be repercussions, you kind of behave a little bit better. We're seeing this with countries, we're seeing this with individuals. In places like New York, where people are just getting assaulted. Chicago, people are getting shot every day. But that's OK. As long as there's black people shooting black people, Black Lives Matter doesn't care. Then the one cop that shoots a black guy, the white cop once every you know six months or so, that's got to be national news. But the multiple killings every day in Chicago, in Baltimore, in St. Louis, in New York. No, that's cool. We don't want to worry about that. But Joe hiding in the basement is going to cause more and more violence, more and more strife around the world, more and more uncertainty. And as this happens, things start to unravel all around the world. It is a there's a domino effect that happens with this. Things don't happen in a vacuum. And keeping peace around the world is a good thing. But Joe doesn't seem to want peace, maybe, because the people backing him. I don't know if Joe knows what planet he's on or what day it is or that he's actually the president of the United States because he doesn't seem to be engaging with the world. I mean, where is Joe? Trump, I mean, everybody hated that Donald Trump was on TV for hours a day, taking questions directly from the press. Joe Biden is still hiding. And you have Jen Psaki saying and admitting that she told Joe not to answer questions unscripted from the press. That should worry everybody. It really should. I don't care if you hated Donald Trump. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. The fact that it seems like we have a president who has checked out the minute he was put into office, you should be concerned by that. Because who is making the decisions? What is Joe Biden's mental acuity? We don't really know because he wasn't a guy. And I've mentioned this before. I know he was never a guy throughout his career to be the ultimate leftist. He was not a radical guy. But all of a sudden, the things that he is pushing are causing issues. We see that with the violence in the Middle East. Okay, that's far away. We see that very close to home now with the gas problem that's going on i mean let's be honest we all can see that somebody can hack in and disrupt gasoline so some states can't even get it right now that's easy but no getting in and messing with the elections no that could never happen that would be impossible ask yourself do you really believe that i mean i'm not sure If what happened in the last election rose to the level of changing the result, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. We don't have the actual data to prove one way or the other. But if you can keep gasoline from a large portion of the country, then maybe you got to start asking more questions. Beyond that, gas prices have skyrocketed. And this is not something that is a surprise to anybody that's been following this because Joe Biden came into office and immediately went to war with fossil fuels. And I'm all for a cleaner planet. I'm all for trying to move towards power sources that are more efficient, that do not pollute, that do not throw poison into the air. I am not for totally screwing with a country's economy to do something when you have countries that are continuing to pollute exponentially more than the United States does in China, in India, who are not slowing down. What happens when you make the change here and they don't? Is you ruin your economy. And if you believe in all this stuff that the global warming is all man made, well, it's still going to happen anyway. It's one of those things again, like, well, okay, you have your block where you live, and there's 10 houses on your block, and you're the only one that decides you're going to be a good person and you're going to not water the lawn because that's bad, and everybody else does. Well, what have you really accomplished? I don't know. I guess you can pat yourself on the back. The end result is that you didn't accomplish anything. Because nothing's going to get done if everybody's not in on it. And if everybody's not in on it, not saying you still don't make a conscious effort to try to reduce emissions and all that, but you cannot kill an economy. And that's what Joe Biden is doing. With the things that he he has implemented. Because when you immediately go to war with the fossil fuels, we see what is happening nearly instantly at the pump. Gas prices up about a dollar or so a gallon. It varies around the country. But what happens when gas prices go up, people start wondering. They're like, hey, you know what? I just went to the grocery store or ordered some in. And the prices are going up. Why are the prices on groceries all of a sudden going up? Well, because there's no magic way to get your groceries from where they are produced into the store. You still have to put them on a truck. So you know what trucks run on? I hate to really break down this wall for a lot of people who don't seem to understand the realities of normal life. Trucks run on gasoline. They run on diesel fuel, but they run on fuel. And when fuel prices go up, that means it costs the truck more to take the little widgets, you know, your little Cheerios from point A to point B. So the price of Cheerios go up. The price of everything goes up because those same ingredients. You know, if you want to talk about fast food going out to eat, why are prices all going up? Well, it's because the fuel prices. Have gone up. You know, amongst other things, that's not the only reason, but it is a pretty big reason. The pricing on things in the construction sphere right now are going up, up, and up. And it's going to make for a massive problem. It's also not good that the federal government wants to keep subsidizing people for not working. And you're seeing a lot of things now where restaurants can't find people to work because nobody wants to work. There was an article on CNN that, of course, was calling out the restaurant industry as just being a horrible sexist industry. And we've heard stories for years and years and years about what happens even in the best kitchens in the best restaurants. There's a lot of foul language. There is a lot of people with questionable backgrounds. Some of the best chefs out there were just total dirtbags, and that's fine because they're good at their job. But trying to make everything into a vanilla, everybody's polite and nice. Well, the working conditions in kitchens aren't great. I mean, nobody's forcing people to do it either. Now, most people that you're doing that, you're, you've chosen to do that. And this concept that CNN had, which was, well, we have to make. So, Everybody that is a server or a busboy or whatever, we have to keep raising those wages because they're not making a living wage. Well, you know, there's a uh, there's a sliding scale in here. And it's nice to say everybody should be able to make a living wage, but are you going to make the concept that the person that is just cleaning off the tables should be making as much as the person that is creating the food and cooking the food i mean some people will tell you that everybody deserves equal pay and that's where the system starts breaking down that's where you start going into socialism and that's why people stop doing the jobs that nobody wants to do because the minute you can do something like well flipping a burger seems pretty nice for the same amount of money as you know cleaning out a septic tank or being a delivery driver or something like that dealing with, you know, sub-zero temperatures like we've got here in Chicago or elsewhere. And it doesn't make sense when you start calling for this kind of stuff. And we've talked about, one, that the federal minimum wage to begin with was put into effect because they wanted to keep those undesirable brown people or unskilled labor out of the market. They didn't want those people to have jobs. And what you don't realize, if you go, hey, you know what? Every busboy that works at this pub has to make 15 bucks an hour. Well, then that $5, 6 $7 burger is now going to be a $15, $16, $17 burger. Your $5 beer is now going to be a $15 beer. And everybody's going to go, oh, my God, why did prices go up? Because it's economics. You can't continually raise the price of things, or you can't not raise the price of things if the business surrounding it has to keep raising wages for the people that work there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having different levels of jobs. A lot of kids work as busboys or as waitresses or waiters when they're in high school or college and they're still living with their parents. those people don't need to be making the same amount of money. They're getting experience. They're learning what it's like to have a job, have the responsibility, showing up every day, smiling when they have to deal with people that are just totally out of control and nuts. That all leads to teaching people how to survive in their day-to-day life. And what we're doing now more and more and more is just wanting to hand people things who have no skill whatsoever, who have no desire to work whatsoever, and that is the biggest difference between equality, as we've talked about, and equity. Equity is what comes out the other end. I think everybody should have an equal choice to make it, to be successful, but not everybody should be guaranteed the same outcome. Yeah, there should be safety nets, for people that need help, that need medical bills paid for, or need medications, that need food, that's one thing. But forcing everybody to get exactly the same thing no matter what, that's utter insanity. That means everybody at the other end of what this whole thing looks like, once you put the blender on and shoot everybody out the other side, not everybody gets to be rich. Not everybody gets an iPhone. Nobody gets an iPhone. Everybody gets to be poor. Everybody gets to be miserable. That is what equity leads to. It does not lead to equality. And there was a story that a lot of people are agreeing on with this, which I guess is good because 44 of the attorney generals from the United States have penned a letter to Mark Zuckerberg, not that it matters, but asking Zuckerberg to axe this concept that Facebook says they're still going through with which is to release an Instagram for children. I mean, what could go wrong here? Social media is a cesspool, and it has gotten worse over the last few years. You can't argue with anybody on social media because nobody really wants to have a rational debate or argument about something. I'm really tired of the people that post stupid memes i am really tired of the people that post a link to something and think it means that their point has been proven i think there's one thing that at least i hope everybody listening to this show understands and that is you find a lot of bullcrap on the internet there's a lot of lies information is not easy to come by in a factual manner there is bias in everything on the best side of this. And there is just outright lies on the other side of this. And that's what we talked about. The evil in the world. There's a lot of people who want to color your perception of something for their own nefarious reasons. That could be to get you to take a vaccine. Sure. Maybe it's to get you to keep you from taking a vaccine. And people always assume that the side they're on is 100 percent right. And everybody else is a moron and I'm tired of seeing the people that are like, ha ha, I have critical thinking, but then go on to be totally one sided. That's not critical thinking. You don't understand. And that's the problem with social media is that it's a big echo chamber and people post a link to stuff. We talked about that here, I believe, when it came to the oh, 78% of the people that got hospitalized with COVID they were fat. Ah, see, there's a connection. And then you look at the CDC and it's like, well, that's about the percentage of people in the country that are fat. So it totally doesn't prove that there was a correlation between one thing and the other. But people see one little thing and they believe a bunch of different sources, which I don't know who's vetting who or how you find a source that is bringing you accurate information I think it's getting harder and harder to do, and I know it's easy for me to tell you to do your own homework, but it's not easy at this point to do the homework and know who you can trust, who you can believe. There is a lot of information out there that is simply backed up by Vaporware. A lot of the things with the vaccine, when it comes to the VARES website, anybody can sign up and submit anything they want. So if we're to believe that the Russians or the Chinese are interfering in all of our elections and all this other stuff, why wouldn't you think that they would be interfering with an open database that people can submit any kind of side effects that they want? Of course they could. Over on Grumpy Old Ben's the other day, we talked about the fact that when the FCC opened up, their website for comments about the net neutrality debacle, when they opened it up for comments, they got like 14 million comments or something like that. Maybe I'm getting the numbers horribly wrong. But it came down, if it was 14, it was like then 12 million of them were fake because that's what happens on the internet. And a lot of them were like one college kid who wrote a script to just keep submitting more and more comments. This is what the internet is. This concept that you think you can post a link and be like, ha, ha I've proven my point. No, you can't. You're a moron. Get off of social media. Try to actually learn something and have a conversation with somebody face-to-face and understand that the sources you're using are probably bullcrap. Understand what, what those sources are who is behind them and ask yourself the question, is there a possible reason why somebody might say this in order to push an agenda? Spoilers. The answer in every case is yes. Which again is what makes finding information on the internet very hard. Having a conversation with anybody very hard. And we all fall in to the confirmation bias, which is if we believe something, then we're going out to find information that supports us. And then we post that link to the Internet and go, yeah, see, the interesting thing is going to the other side's viewpoint, reading those articles, reading those studies, reading what other people have to say, and then see if you can really poke holes in what is being said see if you could disprove what the other side is saying it's a little bit more of a sane and rational way to look at things i believe but it takes more work so a lot of people don't want to do that now in this case of instagram wanting to open up a kid's version i don't even know how you get to that point we'll go right back to saying that any parent that is as a good parent, won't be giving their children a device that they can use to do this kind of stuff when they are 13 or under. I think it's insanity because you're opening your kid up to the world and you don't know what kind of comments they're going to get, what kind of photos they're going to be sent, what kind of information. And this is a parent's job to be plugged in and understand what their kids are doing And if you give them a device and just set them off on the Internet, you get what you deserve. You really do, because it is your responsibility to teach your children. It's not the responsibility of the state. It's not the responsibility of the teachers at whatever school you decide to send them to. It's your responsibility to teach your children about the world. And the world is a cesspool. And the Internet is 10 times that because this is where people go to prey upon people and children are an easy target to begin with. So having an Instagram that is only for children, I mean, you may as well put a target on your kid and send them out there because this is where the really bad stuff I would expect to happen. But this is why, again, I know I'm just a Luddite who thinks that children shouldn't have access to the internet without a parent standing over their shoulder. Because I know what's on the internet. And I know what kids look for. When I was a kid, it barely had anything. And even then, there was stuff that was uh, questionable, maybe in a little bit of a different way. I mean, now there is a lot of child sexual predators, which are roaming the internet. Back then, more of the concern was the files that would teach you how to make bombs out of simple things, how to make long distance phone calls for free, the phone freaking with Sprint and MCI and all of that. You could get into a whole different type of trouble back then. But now, parents, if you don't understand that you are opening your children up to a dangerous world by giving them a device and letting them just go off on it you're missing the point here and i think you should wake up to the fact that the internet is a bad place i know you shouldn't have to say that at this point people should just understand that but they don't seem to i mean again this is a good sign that 44 different attorney generals signed a letter saying um Yeah, a kid's Instagram, bad idea. 44 attorney generals, that means it's crossing party lines. If people on the left and right agree about something, there's something really bad going on here. Social media companies have way too much control, they have way too much influence, they have way too much information on you. And with your children now, They're just trying to get all of that information in there quick. Your children to Facebook are nothing but a dollar sign. Understand that. I mean, you should have no problem with your kids interacting with their friends. That's fine. Give them a way to do that. But be the cool parents that understand how the technology works and go out and set something like talks up for your kids and say you only talk to your friends and you set it up and they can talk to each other and not be tracked by anybody in Silicon Valley. Nobody from the outside can get in and be like, don't accept any friends requests from anybody you don't know. But parents don't do that. They just figure like it wasn't my day, I think. You put them in front of the TV and that's the ultimate babysitter. Well, the TV, as dangerous as that was, with the crappy content they provided, at least the TV couldn't talk directly to you and see you via your camera and hear you via your microphone. This is a whole new ball game, and putting kids in front of a screen now is not the same thing as it was when I was a kid. But I digress. I'm sure I could go on for a few hours about this because it's something that annoys me, but I do have some people to thank for supporting the Random Thoughts podcast. And we appreciate everybody that listens and we appreciate everybody that supports the show. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there. We hope you get some kind of value from them. And if you do, it's up to you to figure out how much value that is and put that into a number that means something to you. And then go over to random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B slash donate and click that donate button if you want to use PayPal for a one-time or a monthly donation. Use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route and send a check-in. Your online bill pay will do that for you for free. So that's a beautiful thing, and nobody takes a percentage on that. Or you can use one of the cryptocurrencies that's set up there, currently Bitcoin, Cardano, and Ethereum. And if there's one you use that we don't have set up, just let us know but we do have a few people to thank for today. The first and foremost coming in with $25 anonymous little check came in with a note. It's very much appreciated it saying they always learn something on every show. And that is our goal here on the random thoughts podcast, besides being way cheaper than a shrink. And you know, if you're going to complain, you may as well do it in a way that is hopefully helpful to other people. I mean, if you're going to just be complaining into the air anyway recording it helps, but we appreciate when we hear from people that they found the information useful, that they found the information to be something they haven't had before or something maybe that they didn't think about before. So that is always very much appreciated. So again, $25 anonymous. Thank you. And then coming in with this $10 a month donation, which it's been coming in for a long, long time. Now, Keith Von Dyke, we appreciate your support. Of the Random Thoughts podcast and coming in with three dollars from the Fun Fact Friday podcast, Midas, who is the guy that got me into mining that Ethereum, and Ethereum just keeps going up. I keep dumping my Ethereum into Cardano, which Cardano's going up, but all of a sudden, Ethereum's going up even more. But always understand cryptocurrencies could crash at any time and just treat it like you're having a fun day. At the casino in Vegas. But we appreciate that meet us. And you should listen to his show. It is the most wholesome show I've ever heard. He does it with his daughter Leela. Funfactfriday.com. And we appreciate again everybody who supports the show, everybody who listens, everybody who tells me I'm wrong and argues. That's fine. I want to hear what you have to say. You can reach out, Darren D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com. You can also find me on Mastodon, which is Darren O'Neill at NoAgendaSocial.com and Darren O'Neill on Twitter, although Twitter just continues to go down, down, down to where I really should just uh, deactivate that account because there's not a whole lot of good stuff going on on Twitter. Your sanity will be saved by getting off of social media. It's hard to do because when you're trying to promote stuff, that's where people are But I've spent a lot less time on Twitter since moving over to Mastodon, and I feel good about it. Your mileage may vary, I suppose, but we appreciate you coming along on another episode of Random Thoughts with us. We will be back next week on Wednesday for another episode. We hope you can join us then. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.